0: Hey, everybody, before we get into this week's episode, I have some very, very exciting news to share. Cog Hill Golf and Country Club, located right on the border of Lamont, Illinois, and Palos Park, Illinois, is officially a sponsor of the Golf and Filtered podcast. This is extremely exciting for me because I've loved Cog Hill for as long as I can remember. You guys hear me talk about them all the time on this podcast, and I am very excited to share the stories as well as some additional content and just basically tell the story of public golf as it happens at Cog Hill. They've got a lot of great stuff that are coming up this summer that are already there. Actually, you can, you can go and visit there if you're in the Chicagoland area. Or even if you're not, come in town. If you're going to be in this area, go hit up Cog Hill. They've got so many great things going on at the driving range specifically. I was just there a little bit ago. Food truck, they've got Top Tracer, they've got music, they've got tables, they've got a bar now. It's a completely different vibe than perhaps it was just a few years ago, heck, even last year. And that's not all. We're going to tell more stories about Coghill in the coming months and hopefully in the future as well. In the meantime, go out to CoghillGolf.com to learn more. This podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. You guys hear me talk about them every week as well. They've got everything you could possibly need, not only for your golf game, but also for that Father's Day gift that I know a lot of you are thinking about. So go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today. And last but not least, we are also brought to you by our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, and Asics Golf. I've been playing their equipment for a very long time. It's just, it just feels right. I've wanted to play these clubs for a, for a long time before we had a partnership, and I'm just so glad that we've been able to establish and maintain this partnership for a few years now. So go out to Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, Asics, check out their full line of new products and equipment. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back to the show, folks. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You know where to find me on social media, at Golf Unfiltered. You can send me an email, adam at GolfUnfiltered.com. This podcast is powered by SecondCityGolf.com. If you've not heard of that collective that I uh, am involved with Uh, including our friends over at drivingrangeheroes.com, specifically Bill Bush, and of course, Chris McEwen. You know him as the host of the Golf Origin Stories podcast and co-host along with Bill of That Range Life, a show sometimes about golf on Chris McEwen's YouTube channel. Be sure to check him out. And of course, go out and support your independent golf media. We've got a lot of great merchandise out there. And by the way, I heard the guys talk about this on their uh, most recent That Range Life, and you probably heard us talk about it on the uh, Big Time Golf Guys podcast that I do with Bill. We don't make any money on that merchandise. You know, it's really just out there uh, primarily for our friends to go out and buy some stuff to support us, but we consider you friends as well. Go out and check it out. We've got t-shirts, hats, all sorts of fun stuff. And if there's any ideas that you want us to put up on the store, it's pretty quick. We can go ahead and do that right away. So how was everyone's Memorial Day? Them. Hope everyone had a good time. Hope you were able to get out in the golf course. I know I did. Unfortunately, I played awful again. Had a lot of good times, though. You know, you guys know I'm, I'm uh, participating in the Chicago Golf Tour and uh, was able to meet uh, a new player. You know, we had our PGA Championship this past week. It was at Old Oak uh, Country Club. I believe it's a country club uh, in Homer Glen slash Lockport. It's weird. A lot of these courses in my area are like right on the border. Of neighboring towns, but Old Oak Country Club uh, was the site. And if you've not played there, um, the name tells you everything you need to know. It is incredibly tree-lined. I mean, it's just these huge oak trees everywhere. And uh, I've played there dozens of times in my life. And for some reason, every time I go out there, I forget that no matter what, you have to keep the ball on the fairway and below the hole. But First things first, you got to be in the fairway. Like even on a par five, if you wanted to pull out like seven iron, (laughs) just hit the ball on the short grass. I mean, that's, that's what you have to do because I'll tell you, I, I no joke punched out from the trees, probably five different holes. I think I mentioned that on Twitter as well. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Obviously. I mean, golfers, we get ourselves in trouble all the time and it's getting yourself out of trouble. That really is half the battle. And in my case, what I found was even after I get back onto the fairway, because as I joked to uh, my playing partner, uh, Lucas, uh, I was like, man, my, my punch out game is pretty elite right now. <laughs> I attribute all those long range sessions in my uh, old basement with a low ceiling to be able to uh, really just get out of trouble. But then you have to play the whole perfectly from that point out. I mean, you really have no margin for error, especially when you're playing in a competitive league. I mean i guess that's pretty relative because i mean the scores i've been posting lately have not been competitive but that being said i i think it's an interesting shift in mindset when you go out and you play competitively and and admittedly i haven't done that since high school i mean i didn't even play on the high school team but i played in because i got started i guess relatively later in my childhood with golf compared to the friends i was around uh, but I did play in some, like, you know, park district tournaments and whatnot. No no threat whatsoever to the people who eventually won. Um, but this has been an interesting, eye-opening experience for me because, you know, it's just a different game. And I know a lot of you listening to this who play competitively more often, you probably play at higher levels. Hell, a lot of my friends, uh, including two of the guys that help with the site, Adam and Matt, uh, they they play... M- competitive all the time. I mean, they're much better players than I am, but it's just a different mindset and you get tight. You, you know, those, those small little three footers become a little bit more daunting. And it's just, it's an incredible way to enjoy the game. If you maintain a mindset of enjoyment. And what I mean by that is I've, I have found that I am an extremely angry golfer when in a competitive atmosphere. So, a few things have happened since my most recent round. And one of them was, uh, I had hosted a a Twitter space. You guys have heard me talk about this these last few weeks. I, I want to do them more because it gives an opportunity for people who follow me on Twitter to really jump in on a conversation and we can just talk, you know really about anything, but hopefully primarily about golf. In one of those spaces, I believe a, a friend of the show, Michael Verska, was on there, and we were just talking about equipment. Another guy, uh, Shane LeBaron, he's a uh, golf professional. He came on, and uh, he was listening a little bit, and I had noticed, Michael noticed that he was on, and he said, hey, that guy is a really good teaching professional. You might want to talk to him. All right, cool. So I reached out to Shane. We ended up connecting. He gave me his phone number for me to text him a video of my swing, and he already gave me through the power of text messages. (laughs) He he, uh, gave me some tips on what to work on based on my swing. And, I, you know, I had done, you know, virtual golf lessons before. There are many golf pros out there, which I think it's a really cool thing. You can just send in a video of your swing, and they give you some advice. I still think face-to-face, of course, is the best, and I, I doubt anyone would argue with that. But what was really interesting and it was just what Shane pointed out in my swing, which was completely different than what I thought was going on in my swing. So not to bore you with my golf game because, I mean, it's going to turn into a, a fishing story really bad, uh, really quickly rather. Um, essentially, I had certain tendencies when I missed, you know, thin shots, f- fighting a hook. And I thought, you know, it was the cause of completely different things than what Shane noticed with his expert eye. He gave me some tips. He told me something about my right elbow I uh, was getting away from my body a little bit too much, which, you know, again, it was weird because I was like, oh yeah, I, I guess it is. And it's so, it's so funny when you get a, a golf professional who knows what they're talking about and they're able to do it through video and then you're able to see yourself do the flaw that they're talking about and then show you videos of others doing the same flaw and then showing you how to fix it with other videos. I mean, it's an incredible experience. And if you've not had the chance to do that, which is really my entire point here. Take advantage of that. If you've ever thought about, you know what? Yeah, I get it. Golf lessons are expensive. They're not cheap. They're not. I mean, I think that's that's an entirely different episode one day. I'm sure we could talk about. But those guys got to make a living too. Totally understand. But if you can take advantage of a virtual golf lesson, it's very easy. If you go on Instagram, there's tons of golf pros out there who are willing to do that for you, probably for a fee take advantage of it. You can't go wrong. It's not going to hurt you, you know? And, and the, the ones who are best known, the pros who are widely followed, they're probably that way for a reason. And if you're interested in doing that, I mean, there's a, there's a list of names I could give you. The first of which is Shane. I mean, I, again, didn't know him uh, prior to this little networking thing that I did on Twitter. And it was really just incredible. Really incredible. So anyway, I went to the range today and I worked on it a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy when, not to be redundant, it's crazy when somebody who knows what they're talking about points you in the right direction. I also want to point out that um, a couple followers also reached out and offered some, some advice. Um, you know, one individual actually reminded me of the folks over at Vision 54. And if you're not familiar with them, it's, it's actually it's uh, two professional golfers, uh, two ladies who put together this this uh, mentality, this program. I guess is the better word for it. Uh, but it's 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 a mental thing, you know. You really want to um, focus more on outcomes and less about negative self-talk, you know. And it's actually more than just you know you got to be positive or anything like that. Uh, Go out and check them out. They're all over social media. I actually want to dig a little bit deeper into them uh, as far as their teachings and, and what they, they showcase. But I think it touches on something that a lot of us amateur players who don't play competitively often at all, hell, even if you just play a $5 Nassau with your friends, you often go to the range following a bad round. I know I do. And you want to work on mechanics. And that's not always the answer. One of the things that stuck out really quickly, going back to Shane LeBaron and and his comments on my video, in my video I sent him, you can see me kind of like doing a drill, focusing on my backswing. His comment to me was, don't worry about your backswing. There's a hundred different ways that you can get back to the ball. How you take it away doesn't really matter. And it's, it's so frustrating because I know that. You know, and I'm sure you listening to this probably have heard that before, too. I mean, you don't hit the ball on your backswing. Certainly, you can set yourself up for failure if you do it incorrectly. But if you've played long enough and you've got good enough coordination, chances are you can make an athletic enough move at the golf ball to advance it forward. Basically, his thoughts to me as well. Instead, he said, focus on this other thing. That's not something... I would have ever discovered on my own and it almost goes more to subtracting something I was focused on primarily my backswing and refocusing it on something else to genuinely improve my game and of course the the mental side of the game goes beyond just that you know you have to Manage the course appropriately. You have to know where to miss. You know, I know there's been a lot of talk on uh, social recently about the decade program. We're trying to get Scott Fawcett, uh, the founder or creator of that, or co-creator, I should say, uh, on the show to talk about it a little bit more in depth. He's been very busy for very good reason, uh, primarily because of a young man named Will Zalatoris, among others, of course. But that entire premise focuses more on bogey avoidance and positioning yourself around the golf course in such a way that you minimize your mistakes while still giving you that leeway to make a mistake. It's just not going to kill you. And so to bring it full circle here, that's what I'm learning currently about this game. You know, And I think if you visited the site at golfandfilter.com and you've read a couple of my recent articles, I'm trying to kind of reconnect with that element of what I loved about the game for so many years, and admittedly, I've gotten a little bit away from. You know, here at Golf Unfiltered, you you guys know we have a lot of a lot of interviews on, a lot of guests uh, on this podcast. We talk about a lot of great products. I love doing that, but I think over time it kind of got me away from the reason why I started this whole thing in the first place. And hence, that's why you're getting more episodes like this one. We do have a couple more guests coming up. Uh, exciting exciting guests too. I think you're really going to enjoy uh, some of the more recent ones that are going to be coming up um, next. But at any rate, focusing more on the game itself, specifically about public golf and how people just continue to try to fight and improve, I think it's an interesting thing to dive a little bit deeper in. So I hopefully uh, hopefully you guys come along with me on that and share your thoughts as you all normally do. Thank you for doing that. Again, you can reach me on email at uh I'm Adam at golfunfiltered.com. And you can of course reach me on social media at golfunfiltered. The other topic I wanted to just just tiptoe into on this episode is really a continuation of a conversation I've been having with you all the last few weeks. And that has to do with this player impact program or the pip that a lot of uh, a lot of people have been calling it The acronym, and essentially what it is, just long story short, you can look it up as well. Uh, Top 10 PGA Tour players are going to receive a cut of a huge purse uh, based on the level of engagement or impact that they make, uh, regardless of how they perform on the golf course. I shared my thoughts on this many times, and you guys probably have your own opinions as well. But most recently, I'm beginning to really get cynical when it comes to essentially anything I see on social media. And I don't know if that's such a bad thing, because there's a lot of garbage on social media these days. I may have contributed to a lot of that, but I digress. Most recently, one situation jumped out, and no, I'm not going to talk about Brooks and Bryson again, but it has to do with Justin Thomas and a very, very genuine gesture uh, that he made towards an up-and-coming player Michael Visaki, I hope I'm saying his last name correctly, otherwise known as Big Mike. And you guys probably know who I'm talking about if you saw that viral video of him earning his uh, first or qualifying for his first PGA Tour event not too long ago. In the video that Justin Thomas was in, he handed, you know, albeit discreetly, a, uh, a check of an undisclosed amount. Uh, along with some words saying, hey, I just wanted to give you a little bit something to help you along your way. And prior to this week's tournament, at least at the time of this recording, uh, the memorial, JT got in front of you know a press conference and he kind of shared a little bit about what he felt when he saw that initial viral video of Big Mike. And I'm going to quote JT here. I just felt it was so refreshing and great to see how genuine his excitement and emotions were. For some reason, it hit home to me, and it was just like, man, you know, this is a dude who's been grinding for a long time, and there's a lot of people, not just him, that are doing that, but I just wanted to help in a little way. Now, JT was able to catch up with with Big Mike at the Colonial, or at Colonial, rather, and, you know, this is a genuine gesture. Unfortunately... And I hope I'm not alone in this. Maybe I am. The video of him handing the check to Big Mike was, I don't know. It seemed really orchestrated to me. And all I'm saying is there's two ways that somebody can go about doing something like what JT did. Which, again, I want to be clear. I felt was genuine. He really wanted to do this. One way is to do it discreetly, without any cameras, perhaps in the locker room or, you know, somewhere other than where a camera is. And the other way is essentially what ended up happening. Now, you know where I'm going with this. I can't help but wonder, if this social media award participation trophy, impact thing, the pip, wasn't around. Was this was this gesture something that we would have heard about? And I wanna I wanna stress heard about. Because not knowing JT at a personal level, I would imagine that this is something that he would have done anyway. Camera or not. You know, have to take him for his word. But the fact that it's Circulating it itself went viral to a degree. You have to imagine that that's going to weigh in at the end of the year award that they're handing out. Now, this genuinely frustrates me. Like, as a, as a fan of the game, as a fan of the players that we're talking about, I want to be able to view something like that, one... Because it's a good thing to see. I mean, we get a lot of, like I said, garbage on social media, a lot of negativity. This is something that there is absolutely nothing negative about it. But then here I am in the age of this, this, this pip of people wanting to be influencers of engagement metrics, all of that, and cannot get out of my mind a negative spin on it. Now, I know a lot of you are hearing that and you're probably saying, well, Adam, that's on you. That's your issue not his it's not JT's it's not big mike's but we also have to remember there weren't there, there were other people involved in that exchange one of whom was a cameraman or woman and then it got shared on social you know i just i hope that however they execute this Player imp- uh, impact, I keep wanting to say player uh, improvement, <laughs> uh, player impact thing. I, you know, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to say it. I think it's a terrible idea altogether. I think the entire program is awful and probably because people like me can't look at something as genuine as what JT did without thinking, oh, they're just doing it for a potential payout at the end of the year. I don't think I'm alone in that, though I think there are others who probably feel the same way. so is this where golf is going? and I'm just going to focus on golf for obvious reasons, but this is the one thing you know i don't I don't believe that there's a there's a pip for other major sports, perhaps indirectly there is through sponsorships and whatnot, but we're going to continue to see other elements like that, you know, perhaps not as you know nice and heartfelt as what we saw from JT. But then we're seeing Phil drink out of the Wanamaker trophy, which is something he probably would have done on, uh, anyway. I mean, Phil's, you know, a, 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 just a weirdo. I say that lovingly, by the way. But again, it, okay, well, that's going to get a lot of engagement. Of course, the Brooks and Bryson thing, you know, that was probably organic at the begin at the start, but then, you know, they start chirping back and forth and we cover that in the last episode, so I won't bore you with that now. The list goes on and on and on, and I wonder if we lose some sense of genuineness from these players. And then conversely, when we have a player like Rory McIlroy, who openly speaks his mind, does not care what others think of him, at least when he's talking in the moment, yeah, that's going to get some engagement, but it's not going to get the same type of engagement as perhaps something a little bit more orchestrated might have gotten. Or maybe not. Again, we think about negativity often sells, right? If it bleeds, it leads. Something that we're going to see, you know, drive a lot of emotions into somebody. Probably have a lot of contrarian opinions. It's going to spark a debate. Those are things that are going to get shared, reshared, argued with, and that's the the nasty little snowball that ends up happening, right? Like, oh my God, look at this awful thing! I'm going to quote to uh, quote tweet it, and then it's just gaining more traction by me telling you how much I hate it. So I guess what this really boils down to is, are we going too far with programs, for the lack of a better phrase, like the PIP? Is it going to water down, in most cases, the interactions that we have with our favorite golfers in this case? Is it going to incite, and I know that's a dangerous word I'm using, Is it going to spark uh, more negative videos? More what would seemingly seem like debates or conflicts between stars? I don't know. There's a lot to be seen yet. I know it's still relatively early, but we're already kind of seeing the seeds of this happening. And, And quite frankly, I don't know if that's the type of PGA Tour that I want to be a fan of. And I'm sorry, I mean, I, I, I fail to believe that this was solely in response to the PGL and, you know, whatever's going on with Saudi Arabia. Let me know what you guys think. Hit me up uh, on social at Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. You know how to get in touch with me. Am I being too cynical? Should I look at things in a different way? Is the pip a good idea? We've been talking about it for months. What are your thoughts on it? I'd love to hear from you. Keep your eyeballs open uh, for additional Twitter space hangouts that I'm going to host in just a little while. And we've got some great guests that are coming up as well. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy them. They're they're very, very interesting topics that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, And if there's a topic, as always, that you'd like us to cover here on the podcast, feel free to reach out and let me know through the channels that I mentioned earlier. Thanks so much for tuning in. That'll do it for this week. We'll be back again next week. Uh, with another episode. Take care of each other and go out and play some good golf. I'll try to do the same.